Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's October 4th. 1927, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. If you were passing Mount Rushmore today in history in 1927, you would have seen a 60-year-old man slowly chiseling into the face of the mountain an egg. The man was sculptor Guts and Borglum. The egg would become George Washington's face, but not for another seven years. And it would be five further years and a lot more dynamite before he was joined by the figures of Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln and Theodore Roosevelt. Ultimately, the work came to employ several hundred labourers who were predominantly miners, but they had uh, sculptors and, of course, skilled rock climbers also working in this gang, all using uh, dynamite and jackhammers and chisels to try to excavate material from the mountain to make what became the faces of four prominent presidents of the United States. Uh, But to access the mountain summit, they had to actually construct a staircase and then affix ropes for support. And, you know, it was this massive operation. Yeah, but even though more than 400 people were ultimately involved, and all of them had to climb 700 stairs every morning to start work, Borglum remained highly involved in the project, which at this time he knew was going to be his legacy. And yeah, there are photos of him in a harness literally looming over the sculptors who are at work underneath. Uh, The process began with blasting using dynamite. It sounds crude, but actually was calculated with a lot of precision to ensure very specific amounts of rock were removed. Then the drill operators went in, drilling holes in the granite to make it easier to remove to create those finer details and finally the surface would be smoothed down and it all sounds very dangerous you know the the heights they're working at 500 feet above the ground dangling in their harnesses but across the 14 years of construction there was not a single fatality in the creation of Mount Rushmore. Well, it wasn't Borglum's first rodeo, this. Um, he had previously carved uh, American leaders into a mountain. Yes. <laughs> uh, in Georgia, in the form of Stone Mountain, and those leaders were Confederate leaders, which is possibly why an international audience are less aware of this particular controversial sculpture. Um, it's now seen as a memorial to white supremacy, really, and has become a shrine to the Ku Klux Klan. But, I mean, you could argue it was always conceived as that. Uh, And it wasn't something that Borglum, who himself was the son of immigrants, but Danish immigrants, born in Idaho, was particularly um, averse to doing. Um, He left the project when he fell out with the developers. His original intention was to carve hundreds of figures in the background of this thing. And and in the final version, as it is now, there's, there's just three of them. But it did give him the experience in this very unique form of sculpture. Yeah, and when Doan uh, Robinson, who was a member of the South Dakota Historical Society, came up with the idea of boosting the state's economy via tourism and thought, hey, why don't we turn a mountain into four men's heads? Um, There was only really one person that he wanted to call, (laughs) and that was someone who had been hard at work at a similar project previously. The original four heads that uh, Doan Robinson uh, wanted the sculpture to feature were American West heroes 
authors such as Lewis and Clark, their expedition guide Sakagawa, Oglala Lakota Chief Red Cloud, Buffalo Bill Cody, uh, and the Chief Crazy Horse. But Borglum thought that maybe he could have a bit broader appeal if he chose some sculptures that were a bit more meaningful to the entire nation, and that's why he came up with the four presidents. And Borglum was very involved in the design from the start. Once they decided to pivot to presidents, he felt like George Washington and Abraham Lincoln were no-brainers, you know, wide appeal to the nation. Uh, He chose Jefferson partly because the Louisiana Purchase had included South Dakota and the land that Mount Rushmore was on. Mm. And then Theodore Roosevelt was chosen to balance out the Republican side. He wanted there to be two Democrat presidents and two Republicans, and also because of his role in creating the national parks in the first place. Uh, Borglum actually wanted full busts, but funding constraints limited him to heads. Yeah, and it feels weird to kind of pick apart this sculpture now that it is so iconic. But if the original intention did include an indigenous person, as Arian was saying, that would have probably been a little bit more sensitive um, because it is on indigenous land, Mount Rushmore. I mean, it's called Mount Rushmore because a New York attorney called Charles Rushmore visited there in 1884 to strike a deal on a tin mine. Mm. Um, (laughs) But long before that, it formed part of the sacred ground of the Lakota Sioux people. And for years, both before and after the construction of the Mount Rushmore sculpture, there were um, legal disputes between the Sioux and the US government about the Lakota's rights to the land. Because in 1868, the US government had signed a treaty with the Lakota, giving them exclusive use of that area. But within a decade, after gold was discovered, it's always gold, isn't it? (laughs) The US broke the treaty, took over the land, and literally for decades afterwards, they were arguing about whether or not the Lakota were deemed worthy to have um, damages in compensation. Um, In the end, the US Supreme Court ruled in 1980 that they were. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine, you know, you've been turfed out of your ancestral home so that settlers can dig for gold. And then later they decide to turn that area literally into a memorial to the oppressors. (laughs) Like, it must have been absolutely awful for them. But, you know, at the time, their opinions weren't being taken especially seriously by anyone in power. And in fact, the South Dakota Historical Society, who were behind the whole idea, you know, their main thing was that they wanted some kind of monument that would boost tourism in the Black Hills. They weren't really concerned about the, uh, the ancestral rights of the people who had been living there. A funny, interesting detail, by the way, about George Washington's uh, face is that Borglum put an extra foot worth of nose on him (laughs) so that it could weather any storms because it's sort of the most prominent and outward facing part of the sculpture. And he (laughs) knew that it was going to start washing away incrementally. And so he made the nose rather bigger and perhaps less flattering uh, than uh, George Washington's actual nose would have been. Yeah, they had a similar issue when they came to do uh, the final face at Theodore Roosevelt. The rock was found to be unsuitable and they had to keep blasting further and further into the cliff face. Hence, when you look at it, why Roosevelt you'll see is tucked quite deep behind the others. They were getting to the point where they were were almost running out of space to do it. So he does look like he's uh, positioned quite far behind them. Uh, Borglum died before it was finished, though. I mean, it's actually never been finished, has it? Because it was supposed to go down to their waists. Mm. Um, I presume no further than that, so as not to be chiseling at the profile of their appendages in their britches. Um, But it was supposed to go down to their waist. But he died anyway before even the face was finished and his son had to take over. 
Yeah, I mean, as you kind of hinted out earlier, Borglum wasn't quite the typical all-American boy, considering that he was became the sculptor of Mount Rushmore. He was a child of Danish immigrants, but not just any Danish immigrants. These were Danish Mormon polygamist immigrants. And Gutson was born to his father's second wife, Christina, who also happened to be his first wife's sister. So his father was married hmm. to two sisters. But then when he was a small well, child... That's a, that's a pretty American origin, I would <laughs> say. <laughs> that seems pretty all-American to me. Yeah. Uh, when Gutson was still a small child, his father decided to leave the Mormon church uh, and of course then that also meant leaving polygamy behind he ended up divorcing Christina and keeping his first wife his, her sister who then raised Gutson and his brother alongside her own children you can only imagine what an odd household that must have been um, his first big gig was in 1901 he was chosen to create statues for New York City's new Cathedral of St. John the Divine and here his temperamental <laughs> they're nature they're good he said but the nose needs to be a foot longer <laughs> <laughs> well actually not a million miles away but it wasn't the nose uh, his temperamental nature showed itself for the first time this would become a bit of a calling card through his career the commissioners decided that two female angels he had already sculpted should become male uh, in a fit of pique he smashed them up and this later reoccurred when he was working on the stone mountain carvings a confederate memorial carving that you touched on earlier when he did fall out with the organizers not over how incredibly racist the project was but due to artistic differences and financing uh, he wanted to take away the models he had already made with him but the commissioners insisted they were their property uh, knowing what we know now about Borglum you can imagine the reaction smashy smashy he ended up having <laughs> to leave the state to avoid arrest and it was from this that he was then brought on to the Mount Rushmore project yeah it's amazing he was actually chased out of the state by the sheriff with a posse <laughs> so that led him to the door of this Mount Rushmore project but even there he was often called the old man by workers because he was apparently uh, particularly difficult to work with and it extremely temperamental he'd frequently fire and then rehire workmen based on his mood uh, Borglum's secretary lost track of how many times she was let go but she believes that she was fired and rehired about 17 times so <laughs> you can imagine that it's almost though that personality type sort of extreme and willing to take huge risks you know getting rid of people who are your closest collaborators that was the thing that made him the right person for this job in the first place. You know, as a man with big ideas, big passions. I would have loved to have seen it had it all been completed as per his original vision. Wouldn't you love to see it anyway? Well, I would love to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I've never seen it, but I, I would if I was in the... I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? For an international tourist, South Dakota mm. is still, let's be honest, not really on the itinerary. But if I was there, I would love to go and see it. But there's something... Honestly, I don't mean to offend Americans who get very patriotic about it. It's a bit kitsch, isn't it? That's the thing. <laughs> there's a, like, it's just there's something funny about it. It's kind of preposterous. Like their heads are actually still quite small on this giant mountain. Yeah. Well, the, and and also apparently the mountain isn't all that big. One of the one of the sort of <laughs> trip advisor <laughs> um, uh, perpetual Americans bits of comment. Yeah. <laughs> no, but no, but this is coming from Americans that that apparently people go there and expect the thing to be. Big Bigger, I guess, because you're taking mm. photos of it from deep underneath it. <laughs> I think the right decision is not to add any more faces to it, though. I know there's like a big debate about this in our kind of cancel culture world. Mm. Um, and e even reviewing the people who are actually on it. Uh, uh, they're you know, all cancelled. Well, well, you know, Roosevelt oversaw the dismantling of Indian Territory in Oklahoma. Washington and Jefferson owned enslaved Africans, etc., um, but, I mean, I don't think you kind of correct that by putting one Indian chief on there or... I mean, Barack Obama was asked, um, what do you think about being 
a face on Rushmore and he said, I don't think my ears would make it. There's only so much rock up there. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Tomorrow. He was so persuasive and charming that the women fainted at his feet. Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.